How does God really see me? How does God really see me? Do I exhaust his patience and his love? Does he love me out of desire or is he obligated to love me because he's God? At one time or another, we all struggle with these questions. Wouldn't you agree with that? How does God see me? I think it's really amazing because in the wild love of God, Chris Dupre answers these questions. Man, Reva, talk about the answer, man. How does God really see me? Do I exhaust his patience and his love? Does he love me out of desire or is he obligated to love me because he's God? At one time or another, we all struggle with these questions. In the wild love of God, Chris Dupre answers these questions. Now, I'm cheating because there's more to that last line, but... I thought it'd be fun to end it there. Chris Dupre answers these questions. <laughs> we love Chris Dupre, and he's a dear friend, of, and he's, a, he's, he's got, um, we've had a great weekend, and the best way I could describe it is access to, our, to my heart personally and access to our heart as a church. You know, not everyone has access to your heart. You, it's something that is uh, that you allow to happen over over time, and they bring influence and hope and inspiration, and we've been inspired, and it's been really a great time, and I know that you're going to be blessed today, but um, this is a great book, and if you haven't read it or you don't have it, and if you've read it and you haven't given it to a friend who God can work through it, they're going to be available today, and I just know how many have read the book. I mean, just a show of hands, uh, pretty good, because so there's a large people percentage who have, and those of you who you haven't, um, it's like any resource, any tool, it will impact you. You know, how many of you know uh, somebody's story, their journey, it impacts you, it touches lives, and uh, we're going to have these available today. But I, I'm going to ask you a very specific question today, and it's going to be, I want you to think about it. You, you, had, a rough, you had a rough earthly father. He was kind of rough. And, and, and I shared to Chris, I said, sometimes a book like this, um, you know, if it doesn't end well, um, you know, there's a lot of regret. But, you know, God's a God of healing and restoration. And um, my dad went home to be with the Lord young, and I know God did a healing even deeper when I read this book. So God's not limited to even dad and mom being alive. But I just, I just you know, right now, the Holy Spirit, you, you had a rough father, and you know it, and just first hand up right now, or stand up and come and get the book. Who wants to come? In? Tom, come on up. Tom, this is a gift for you. It's going to impact you. So without further ado, um, you know, we could read fancy resumes and we could go over the bio and we could do all this stuff. But I just, uh, um, <laughs> here's, here's the best thing I can say. The best thing I can say is a friend uh, is closer than a brother. So a friend and somebody who has access, access to my heart and a beautiful guy that we love. Let's give a big hand for Chris Dupre. Thank you, Ron. 
We're very close, Ron and I. <coughs> it's a pleasure to be here at East Chile. Um, I don't know. This is awesome. I just, I wanted that, you know, greet time just to keep going. On and on and on and on and on. Um, <clears throat> he says, suddenly Karen Amico comes up to say hi. It's like, whoa, is Ross here yet? Not yet. Okay, he's coming. <clears throat> um, during worship, um, I was minding my own business, <laughs> and, and uh, <clears throat> I just felt God start speaking to me. And so I want to reiterate one thing that I said last night to somebody. So can I do this? Can I take a minute to do a little family thing? Um, so Grace, Mary, and, and Beth, would you guys stand up and then face them? <clears throat> and <laughs> I was inspired by a conversation I had on uh, Saturday morning with Dick. Dick O'Reilly and just highlighted them and so I just had them on my heart and I just felt that uh, <clears throat> the Lord just wants to say well done great job Amen. <laughs> you're not done come on And, and, and the reason why well done and, and great job is just that, and I, I said it to a small group that was here last night, but I, I thought that was it. And then he said, no, I want you to do that one more time because I, I, I want them to see people's faces. And so turn around and face them again, cause, <laughs> right? Because it's easier to look at me, uh, but just, just look at them because they're looking at you and they're looking at you because they love you. And that, that uh, throughout the many changes that have gone on over the years and people coming, going, things going on, that you have been a strong cord uh, that has held this, this place together in the love of God Hallelujah. through the worship before the throne. And he just looks at you and smiles. Amen. And so everyone, no clapping. I want you to give them all, give them all a big smile. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right, you can clap if you want one more time. <clears throat> so, Dick, Dick, thank you for your sensitivity in that because that was uh, just a conversation we'd had, and it was a short little blur, but it, it so highlighted my heart. Um, you can't... It, it, it's hard to move forward when you're not sure what people, what they're thinking. I mean, there are leaders that, that can just, they're like, like a duck. It can just, the water can flow off it, but they don't, they don't really care. I don't care what you think. I don't, but the, when you know people are with you and they're, they're behind you and yeah. they're, they're for you, yeah. um, and, and that's what encouragement does, and that's what, that's what Barnabas did. Um, as I was telling the men the other day, <laughs> you know, when I, when I first got saved, I, I, I heard a sermon that put down Barnabas because he was weak, because <clears throat> he didn't have it. So Paul had to turn to Silas because Silas was the man and that you never heard about Barnabas anymore. The fact of the matter is Barnabas kept going. The Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. And he went on to encourage this little boy named John, John Mark, 
who ended up writing one of the Gospels that became the inspiration for Peter to write his two epistles. So I, I look over and go, I, I think he did okay. <laughs> I, I think Barnabas had a fairly decent heritage uh, because of a spirit of encouragement that he had. And so I just felt like the Lord wanted to highlight a few people. And so I'm going to have all these people stand up at one time uh, when, I, when I do this. So Dave and Jan Nagel, stand up. Okay, don't, don't, don't sit down, don't sit down. Dave, my father was your teacher. Now stand up. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Twice, wow. Is that when you repeated the entire high school? <laughs> yeah, that was a tough four years to repeat, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dave and Alice Meyer, stand up. I just want to say a friend is closer than a brother, and there's no coincidence that you're both Davids. And there's no coincidence that you're here this morning. And um, I just felt like the Lord wanted to say that... And I st I've got three kids, one daughter that will probably always be with me. Two daughters that are married. One lives 15 minutes away, the other lives nine hours by car but we're one family, we happen to live in different houses. Right. Some stay in my house, some live down the road, some live further away. And I just wanted to tell you that the Lord wanted to tell you that you were never separated from this family. Yet, your family is as strong as any family that you've come from. The family that you've established is as strong as where you've come from. And the Lord just wanted to take a minute and honor you and to tell you that he's proud of you. And that he's proud of you for being true to what you feel the call of God has been to your heart. And so, Dave and Jan, you have been <coughs> pillars here in this community for years. Uh, Dave and Alice, you're not quite as old as they are. <laughs> but you've been pillars nonetheless. Amen. And you've both had adversity, walked in adversity, and that you're here today, standing today as couples. And I just felt, as I was sitting up here during worship, I just, I started smiling and laughing. I just felt God's heart for you, of, of just how proud he is of you. And that you stand here after all these years, standing together, not just yourself here, not just you as a couple, but you two as friends and comrades have been together. And I just felt God's, God's heart of favor and, and absolute, he's just in the best way to say proud, he's proud of you. So anyway, you are loved and you are thought of well by him, by me, and by these people. And just, so just do me a favor and just love on them and give them the biggest clap that you can. <laughs> Say that. one more couple and um, George and Judy stand up 
before anything was going on in this town, they put roots down around the corner, opened their home, let crazy people in and have crazy meetings. <laughs> when everyone said this isn't God, they said, yeah, I think God is this way. And I want to honor you for being a lightning rod and taking the lightning from others, but taking the lightning power of God and, and putting it here into the roots of North Chile. You are, you, are great, you are great people, and, and God knew exactly what he was doing when he made all you, all the little quirks and little things that who you are, <laughs> and that you would never have done what you've done. And I just want to tell you that as, as I was just up again there worshiping, I just felt like to say everyone is here is, is fruit from your labors. So bless you guys. <laughs> So God bless you. It's been good to be here. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's good to come home. It's going to be one of these today. Mark thought I was fooling around during worship. The fact of the matter was I was trying to not to cry because I kept crying. Yeah, I'll be a basket case today. Um, <clears throat> so I, you want me to cry more? Make them feel miserable, God. Make them feel... <laughs> oh, so I gave Ralph's permission to, to read this little thing, what I read to the men yesterday. My wife would cringe the fact that I'm going to read this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> Jack didn't drink. He wasn't a drinker. And he woke up with a huge hangover after attending a company party. He was told that this particular thing had no alcohol. Unfortunately, he had been told wrong. He couldn't remember how he got home from the party. <clears throat> as bad as he was feeling, he wondered, gosh, did I do something wrong? He forced himself to open his eyes, and the first thing he saw was a little table next to the bed <clears throat> with two aspirin and a glass of water. Next to them was a single red rose. He sat up, <clears throat> and saw his clothing laid out in front of him, all cleaned and pressed. He looked around the room and saw it was in perfect order, spotlessly clean. So was the rest of the house. He took the aspirin and looked in the mirror and cringed because he saw a huge black eye staring back at him from the bathroom mirror. Oh no, what did I do? Then he noticed a note hanging on the corner of the mirror, written in red with little hearts on it and kiss, kiss marks from his wife in lipstick. Honey, your breakfast is on the stove. I left early to get groceries because tonight I'm making your favorite dinner. Plus, I love you, darling. He stumbled to the kitchen, and sure enough, there it was, hot breakfast, steaming hot coffee in the morning newspaper. His 16-year-old son was looking, sitting there at the table eating. He said, son, what in the world happened last night? Well, Dad, you came home after 3 o'clock, drunk out of your mind. You fell over the coffee table and broke it, and then you puked in the hallway and got the black eye when you ran into the door. <laughs> Confused, his son, he said to his son, so then why is everything in perfect order and so clean and 
I had a rose next to me next to the bed and breakfast is waiting and your mother's gonna make me my favorite meal. Oh, that. Well, mom dragged you into the bedroom. She tried to take off your pants and you screamed, leave me alone, I'm a happily married man. <laughs> uh, that's what every wife would want to hear at that moment. <laughs> it's, it's just. But I, I wanted to read it because it has something to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, believe it or not. <clears throat> um, Second Timothy 1.9 says this, and when I was younger, I could read it. <laughs> Ralph, would you hold that for me, please? Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. He's called us with a holy calling. And, and I, I didn't know all the David. I didn't know that you guys were joining them when I kind of put this together. And so um, <clears throat> I, I originally was, was focused on what, what the Lord's doing here. And then I looked it over again after hearing that you guys were coming. I just think God's funny. <laughs> so I'll just, whatever. <clears throat> um, as I was praying about coming, I felt like, like the Lord wanted to say um, that there has, uh, there has been a, a godly and God-put desire for destiny to be fulfilled and that hope deferred has made hearts sick. And, uh, oh, wait a minute, Ross Miko's coming in the door. Everyone, just a second, I'm going to say, turn around and say, hi, Ralph. Ready? One, two, three. Three. I had nothing to do with it. They did it on their own. It was a Holy Spirit moment. I'm sorry. We'll try to keep you incognito. That's, that's not Ross on the last row with the bald. Yes. That's been my life's call. Speaking of calling... <clears throat> Um, th this, I, I, I want to, is it okay if I'm, if I act a little unafraid about talking about the history of this place? Okay, I, I don't ever want to dishonor anyone or anything that's ever gone on. Um, but one thing I, I want to do is I want to say that there's been more good that we've forgotten. Thank you, Ralph. <laughs> I knew there were a couple other people, but I couldn't hear you. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but you know, you get a pinprick, and, and, and you just you're obsessed with that little tiny heart that's there in your finger. <laughs> And that's all you can feel is this little pinprick. But around you, somebody gave you $1,000. You won the World Series, you know, and, and you were part of the team. And you get it. How was your day, honey? Oh, I got a pinprick. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, why do we do that? And I, I, I've been looking back, knowing that I was coming here, I've been looking back over the years. I wouldn't be what I'm, doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for this place. Right. 
If it wasn't for people like Vernus and Gary and Jerry and Carl in my life over the years, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yes, I said names. None of them are perfect. And I've known Ralph for years. And I don't even need to say the next sentence, which is nice. It just cuts the sermon down in time. And, and the, the church was, was founded on Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some gifts. And it just speaks about giving gifts to men. And he says, and these are the gifts, the apostles, prophets. I mean, we all know them. Evangelist, pastor, teachers, like me, I, I memorized the presidents when I was four. I don't remember learning them. I just have always known them. And I think people that are part of here, you just always know. Ephesians 4.11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. <laughs> we're not going to saints for the organ ministry. <laughs> and so it, we, we kind of, it, it was spewed in and we spew it out. But you know what? He did give those. And, and to try to sometimes bypass the Word of God because our memory's not fully sufficient is kind of foolish. Is this okay? Thank you, Ralph and Beth. <laughs> so my question is, is the gift the office or is the gift the person? The problem is we became obsessed with the office. And we got off track. The gift is the people. The gift is the men and the women that God puts. And in the pursuit of our gifts, we've overlooked the pursuit of our life in his life in us for the pursuit of the gift. And the fact of the matter is, what made the gift happen was because the person said yes to him. And then God did something in them. And then we look at them and we see office and gifting. We don't see person. And we keep missing people for office and gift. And the place where this, where God's taken, when I was praying, I was praying over the, I was praying for new hope, and I felt the Lord say, your message is for Western Rochester. Right. Really? I've never used that expression in my life, Western Rochester. So I don't, I don't fully know what, what that means, but I, I felt like, okay, well, I want to pray for the church of Western Rochester. Right. Good. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, how many do not call this their home church? Raise your hand. Stand up. I know, I'm not trying to embarrass you. Just stand up and stand standing up. That's just amazing. I walked that girl down the aisle right there when she got married. Michelle to James. He took her away. And they have seven kids. You know what? Do me a favor. If you're sitting down next to him, it's if you're sitting down, it's because you call this, this place your home. Turn around to somebody who doesn't. Lay hands on them. I want you to bless them. I want you to bless their journey in God. I'm not going to pray. I want you to pray, and I want them to hear you pray for them.
Father, thank you for our dear friends. Thank you for the call of God on their life and that your calling, your gifts, they're without repentance. And it's not the way we think of repentance. It's that you never even think about taking them back. And they have them, and we bless them into that call, into the fullness of what you have for them. And we say we're for them because you're for them. We love them, and let them know that now in Jesus' name. You know, there's this little guy, Joseph, <clears throat> and he's, favor is, a, is an amazing thing. Favor is, is really wonderful, and, and favor sometimes is, is really bad. How can favor be bad? Favor is bad when your heart's not ready for it. <clears throat> and Joseph gets this coat of many colors, and, and he's just, wow, look at me, look at me. And, and he goes through this little journey um, and he's got this idea in his head. And we've all, we've heard the story of Joseph so many, many times. This is not going to be a, uh, another treatise on Joseph, but I, I just, I want to use it as a springboard. But I don't know about you, but I have burning in me things that I have not accomplished. Yeah, good. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm not, and, and when we were doing the, uh, <clears throat> starting the House of Prayer in, in Kansas City, um, as I was pulling in new worship leaders, I was pulling in 14 to 30-year-olds, a lot of teenagers, a lot of people in their young 20s, and I, was, I wanted to be really deliberate because I, I wanted to, to, um, to make sure that we just, I just didn't look for someone that already had a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of years, a lot of experience, but I wanted to be there when the young ones were growing to be able to to be an influence on them so that in their youth and immaturity, there was something, there was a positive force for them during that time. So that they weren't just shot something and then left on their own. So I, I was very active. I had 30 to 45 kids, young adults, at my house every Monday night for two to three hours for nine years when I was in Kansas City. So I was, I was very proactive in wanting to be involved in people's lives and wanting to, to connect with them. Um, my kids grew up, and they my, they became their brothers and sisters. All these young kids, and it was it was wonderful. Um, but <clears throat> they they looked at me, and they were kind of like as they were getting better, and you know, hey old man, how long are you going to stay? You know, I remember one of them said, so how long do you think you'll be doing this? But the way that they asked the question, I knew exactly what they were saying. So when are you going to get out of the way? And I just looked at them, and there was a group, and I said, I'm not dead yet. He said, I'm here to open a door for you, but I'm not going to turn around and walk out the door. I'm going to live my life fully until God's done with me. Amen. And then that'll be fine. And so, I, I, you know, this whole thing about, um, about making room, I want to make room, but, but I, I, you know, I want to be that Moses, I want to be that 120-year-old guy that finally goes, okay, it's time. <laughs> you know, I, I told my sister and I told Ralph, I said, I've decided how I want to die. I want to die as a martyr in my sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think that's the way I want to go. 
And I think Joseph comes on the worship team. Hey, I'm a part of the way. Look at here's your coat. Oh, great! I'm all active. And look at me, guys. And hey, hey, bros, look what I did. And then suddenly we know Genesis uh, in Genesis 37, he gets a coat of many colors. Before the end of the chapter, he's in a well. And, and, and ten other brothers want him dead. They all want him dead. One guy finally changes his mind and goes, well, actually, maybe we can get something for him. <laughs> so they, they, they give him. And he goes to Potiphar's house and rises to the top in, in Genesis 39. And before the end of Genesis 39, he's in prison. And then he uses his prophetic gifting for the butler and the baker. And unfortunately, the baker came second. I like what you said to the butler. Would you pray over me too? Okay. You'll be dead before the end of the day. <laughs> so I've always wanted to be a butler instead of a baker. <clears throat> Forgive me if there's any bakers out there. It's not a <clears throat> and then, then he says, now remember me. So all of chapter 41 is two years where he's totally forgotten. Two years goes by. I mean, wow, that's a great prophetic word. Thank you so much. Thanks for what you did for me. Thank you. I will remember what you did for me. Me, 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 me. Prophesy over me. Do you have a word for me, 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 me? For my life, my life, my life. My life. <laughs> oh, I'll use it for others. But the, the, and God looks and goes, boy, your words are so good. But I'm going to wait just a little longer. I'm going to make the butler forget just a little more. Because you know what? I'm going to take a, a, a tune from the baker here. Your heart needs to bake for another year, Joe. It needs another year. But Lord, look at me. Look who you made. The world needs me. <clears throat> I think, you know, uh, I asked the question, what was Joseph's greatest gift? It was, was it prophecy? Was it wisdom? Was it the gift of leadership? Everywhere you look, Joseph leads. So Joseph had leadership. Joseph was prophetic. He moved in this wonderful prophetic mode. He, he, had, he had, had this interpretation of dreams like no one else ever had. Uh, but I think Joseph's greatest gift was that he understood how God saw him. And therefore, no matter where he was, he knew he walked with favor, no matter what man did to him. Joseph was never a victim. Joseph didn't look at, Joseph wasn't affected by that out there. Joseph was, uh, was burning in here with what he knew God was like. And it just took him a, a while to for, the, for the maturity to catch up. Um, had Joseph, can you imagine him with, with a coat of many colors in charge of anyone? would have been a disaster. And we want our coats. We want our many colors. Um, I, I think it's the grace of God, often, that, that lets us wait a little longer than we think we should. I've often convinced God of how long the waiting should be. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you look at Joseph, and he, once, he's out of the, once he's out of that first pit, you don't see a guy that ever changes, do you? He's always, something happened to him in that pit. And so he, he, he got down there. He's, he had to have been thinking, all right, uh, it's not going well with the family. 
um, the reunion I'll probably miss this year. Um, it's it's just you know things are things are tough. You know, uh, Dad doesn't even know about this. I know what they're going to say. Dad's going to think I'm dead. Um, Dad will be in mourning. Now I'm gonna I got to sit through that and and, and so he had to come to grips with I've been selfish. I've been, I I saw this dream. I had this dream and I thought it was about me and it's not about me. It's about God doing something greater. And if I stop my dreams with me, God's going to wait until they go past me. My dreams aren't for me. All you have to do is go through Scripture and see everything. Even And he brought healing to them for the glory of the Father. And da, 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 for the glory of God. Da, 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 for the expansion of the kingdom. But we stop and he brought healing. Focus on healer. Gift, gift. No, it's, it's everything that we ever get. It just runs through us for the glory of God. Amen. And I think down in that pit, Joseph got it. And I think he embraced something, and he came out of that pit, and he's going, you know what? I know the promises, and I know the favor God gave me. And, and it didn't matter where he ended up. I mean, the, the fact is, Joseph always was just Joseph. And then here's what I'm trying to say this morning, and, and Ralph's probably going to miss the most important sentence. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> he is my friend. <clears throat> no person can consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with the way they perceive themselves. I'm going to say that again. I might say it three times because I want you to get it. Because this is, this is a truth that God gave to me a while back. And when it hit home for me, everything changed. No person can consistently behave. It's like acting. You can't act f for a long time. They can't consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with the way that they see themselves. How you see yourself, sooner or later, it'll leak. It's, you, we leak all the good we do. We leak all our, we leak. A man's gift makes room for him. How does it make room for him? They just leak. They just, they just, you know, suddenly you see something and you go, oh, I never saw that before. And the person doesn't know it, but they just leaked. In all the best ways to mean that leaking. I, I, I used that expression, I don't know, a few months ago somewhere, and a little eight or ten year old kid in the front goes, leaking. He's talking about peeing. And then that was it. I couldn't use that word again. It's just like, no, that's actually not what I'm talking about. But thank you very much, young man. <coughs> Snipers, take them out. Which <laughs> Therefore, in our journey to grow, in our gifting and calling, if we perceive ourselves to be lesser than, we will live out of the lesser than reality. We will always be lesser than if we see ourselves as lesser than. Proverbs 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And our perception of how we see ourselves is huge. I have been just ne next year. Thank God for Dick. Thank God for my sister. They're both here. Dick led my sister to the Lord, and then she led me to the Lord. Next year will be 40 years for all of us. It's awesome. I love it. I remember seeing old people that used to say that. Remember when old people would say, well, I've been saved for 37 years. I'd look and go, oh, my gosh. It's amazing you can walk. 
Every area of our life is affected by how we believe who we are. I told this story yesterday to the guys. Um, my brother was a year older than I was, and so I, I followed him in class every year. My brother has a genius IQ. And every year I would be introduced to the teacher, hi, Chris Ducray. <gasps> are you Mark's brother? Why, yes, I am. <gasps> it is so nice to have you in my class. Okay. And by the end of that year, see, because I thought, I knew Mark was a, had this genius IQ, I went through this little thing going on in sixth grade. I just had all sorts of emotional things going on. They, they tested me. They were doing some stuff. And they did, within a two-year period of time, they did two different IQ tests. And my, my IQ wasn't, my brother's, genius starts at 140. His was 1-4-something. Mine came out to something else. And there, the second number wasn't a 4. Actually, it was, it was really just one number, now that I think about it. No. Um, but, <laughs> hey, 200's a number. Um, anyway. So I, I instantly, because I was very athletic, I was tagged, Carol was tagged the good communicator, because she could communicate ad nauseum. <laughs> I mean, all over. Very well had this incredible gift of communication. Mark was the smart one, and I was the athletic one. So we'd get together, and Carol would, would read off some great things she'd just written, and then Mark would sit down at the piano and play this beautiful concerto, and they look over at me, and they go, Chris, show them what a triple jump looks like. <laughs> so I'm in people's living room going, it's a hop, step, and then the third one, you go into the pit, and oh, okay, thanks, Mark. Do you have any more music? Do you want to go? You know. <clears throat> and and here's what happens in this this little kid's brain. I thought I was the athletic one, which means I'm the dumb one. They're saying, "Oh, Chris, that's not how you feel. It's not your mom. I'm sure, your mom and dad didn't put. They didn't put that on me. They didn't need to. I had another voice I didn't know existed, telling me that I was the dumb one." Does anybody relate to here? Okay. Wow, a lot of dumb people. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. Just <laughs> that was a dumb thing to say. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sniper, take me out. Ralph gave one of these pills. He said, if it goes bad, put it on your tongue. You'll be... I've got one minute now to live, so. <laughs> so what did I do? I didn't work hard in school. I said, I'm going to blow off school. Mark came home and did homework for three hours. I came home with no homework ever. I had a study hall, and because I had athletics, I had an hour after school athletic study hall. So I had two study halls every day. I got all my homework done really well. And I blew it off. And I was going to get an, I had, I had, told them, I had two athletic scholarships, one Villanova and William and Mary. Two full rides for track scholarships. And they were two track schools, top schools in the country. I was going to go. And then this stupid little rock underneath this much sand blew my left ankle out. And they wanted a guy for decathlon. And I lost the ability to jump. 
They had runners that ran. I mean, I, I ran as fast as their, their fast guys, but they didn't need just a fast runner. They wanted the jumpers, too, and I was a jumper. And that's what I was going to get set for, and that's what they wanted to train me for, and suddenly that's gone. And now I'm a senior in high school, and I've done nothing. Done nothing with my life because as a man thinks, so is he. And I was an athlete, and suddenly I'm an athlete who can't be athletic. And my average won't get me into the schools that I want to go to because I've blown off my life. And so a few years ago, uh, a friend was doing some <clears throat> experimenting and, and, and going through and having to get certified and decides to give me, can I give you an IQ test? I said, yeah, sure. Let's see if it's gone up any. <laughs> so he does two IQ tests on me. The average was 137. I'm not saying that to say my IQ. I'm saying that to say I wasted 40 years. Now, it doesn't mean that God didn't do any what he wanted to do in the last 40 years. God's done what he's wanted to do. And I love the fact that God takes people uh, and, and, and picks you up when you, when you absolutely blow the one thing you're supposed to do. I was supposed to be a student, and I wasn't a student. I just played. High school was fun. People hate high school. You know why they hate it? Because they work. Am I right, Ross? Yeah, I got that right. So, <clears throat> a while back the Lord said, <clears throat> so uh, I want you to answer one question before I answer another question. I'm like, okay, what are the questions? He said, stop asking, Lord, what do I do? And ask, who am I? When you get who am I down, what do I do will come into place. He said, you need to understand, you're pushing for destiny, and I'm looking for identity. I want you to be identified with me. I want me so deeply in you and so rooted in you. I want my nature to, they look at you and they can't tell which is which. I want your identity so strong, my identity in you so strong, that whatever you do, you'll do with greatness. So Jesus says to the disciples, who do they say I am? They say, well, you're, you know, Elijah, you this, you that. And he goes, they go through the list, and they say, okay, great. Who do you say that I am? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's great, Peter. Let me tell you the difference here. I wanted you to tell me what they say I am. Here's the reason. They don't know me. That's why they're out there. You know me. That's why you're in here. The reason why you're here and you're close to me is because you know the secret is. The secret's out. And you got it. You understood it. And you understand my identity, and it's in you. And Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Because you were sons. I want, I, I want you to see the connection of, of knowing him and the connection of your destiny attached to him. And because you were sons, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And we usually stop there. But therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son then you are an heir of God through all in Christ. I love that. I don't mind being a servant. I, you know, I, 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 matter of fact, I do more probably now in the world of, of, of serving and time and, and energy, etc. And I, I, servanthood is awesome. But servanthood is what I do. Sonship is who I am. 
And it's so if you are if you are if you are focused on destiny, you will be focused on servanthood. If you are focused on identity, you will be focused on sonship. It, you can't help it. You'll you'll deviate. And often we feel the timing of destiny is connected to our gifting, when in reality it's more closely connected to our identity. I, I appreciate gifting. I, I I am surrounded by gifted people who go nowhere. I have for years, whether it was in, in, in Brockport, whether it was here, whether it was Kansas City, now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and Franklin just outside of it. And <clears throat> I tell you, there are some amazing, I mean, just amazing people. This one guy, when I was in, in Kansas City, this one guy came in and he said, <clears throat> um, I've been noticing your bass player. I said, yeah, yeah, he's a good bass player. Yeah, he does okay. Oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, so what? Um, well, I play bass. I said, oh, really? He goes, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a lot better than he is. <laughs> really? He goes, yeah, I actually brought my bass. I heard you have rehearsal, and I'm, I just wanted to be a part of your rehearsal tonight. Can I play? And uh, I said, well, why don't you just relax and just get to know people? And I could tell that he didn't want to do that at all. He just wanted to show me his gift. And, and he wanted to get that guitar out, and he wanted to, to do his thing. And I just, I said, we got pizza coming soon, and we're just going to have some pizza and talk. And so just join. So he sat on the very edge. We, people tried to engage. They were nice. He answered with one or two word answers, never said anything further. I said, well, we're practicing next week, same time. He goes, well, I'll be back. So he came back again next week. And started to take his bass. I said, just keep it in there. I said, just pizza will be here in a few minutes. And I said, we'll have a good time. And, and so at the end of it, he goes, well, can I show you something? At the end of practice, I said, sure, sure. So he gets up there, and the band's still up there, and he plugs in, and they play a song, and he starts playing. Um, <clears throat> probably the best bass player I've ever heard in my life. I mean, unbelievable, un off the chart, phenomenal. And he gets down, and he goes, see what I mean? And I didn't want to say, oh, I see exactly. <laughs> I can see perfectly and what you don't even mean. <laughs> and, and so he came up to me the next Sunday. He said, so when am I on the, 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 the list? I said, uh, well, we're kind of community-minded here. I said, I'd like you to get to know the guys and gals and, and just become part of the family. And, and so why don't you do that? Come to practices and... and uh, you know, maybe in the next few months we'll work in and just see how it goes. Uh, he goes, you have no clue what you've got in front of you. I said, I, I actually do. And the fact that you would say it like that is a confirmation of what I saw the other night. So if I, the door is still open for you. I bless you. You, you have the potential of being part of what's going on here. And you bless the, the whole kingdom because uh, let me tell you, this platform is amazing and it touches the earth. And if, and if you got it, we want it. Well, I'm not, you know, am I on the schedule for the next month? I said, well, no, I've already made it out. And that was the last time I ever saw the guy. Picked up his base, walked out of the church. I just thought, <clears throat> wow, Joseph, God bless you in your journey. <clears throat> your base of many colors. Um, Joseph could have said, Lord, you, you gave me a prophetic dream. Then the presbytery showed up and confirmed it. And my father confirmed the presbytery by making a, a wonderful coat of many colors 
as an outward sign of an inward change. <laughs> yes, Lord, why has all its horror fallen upon me? I'm just walking out my calling. You don't walk out a gifting. You walk out integrity. You walk out your identity. That, that's what should explode in you. I am, I am after, I'll just be honest with you, I, what do you want to do with your life? I tell them all the things I want to do. I say, wow, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, I have, I have a lot that's burning in there. I have, I have, I, I have a book coming out in May with Jim, with Jim Gall. I've got two books I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing. I've, I've, and I go through this list of things and things I want to do and places I want to bring change and, and churches that I'm working with and, and, <clears throat> and I'm doing this this thing that it, it's so bizarre that is it, it's apostolic in nature and that term and me don't go together. It's like what, Chris? I, I you know some of you are going, Chris, don't toot your horn. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm just pinching myself to see if life is as good as God's making it. I have promised. I have things that have been in my heart to do for years. And I, I screwed things up when I was younger. And I continue to screw things up because I'm human. But I, the, the, the grace of God Amen. to take screw-ups and to make great things out of them is amazing. <laughs> but if I, in my, in my zeal, turn away from having Him as my purpose, and I have a gift or a, a, a label or a call as, as my purpose, I can lose the whole thing because the whole thing without him is nothing. Journey doesn't just shape our destiny. It reveals our identity. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> there you go. But it does... What, what have you seen from other people? I, I don't want you to be judgmental in your heart right now. But you've watched people. You and I, we watch people. Right. We watch them go through life. There are people that aren't here anymore. You know, God bless them and they're going somewhere else. That's good. But there are people who aren't here anymore because the journey revealed part of their identity and it, it got to be ugly and they, it, they took themselves out. God doesn't take us out. He, he puts us in further. He gives us more opportunity. I'm the door. I'm the way. He's every possible connection to go further. And then we think, oh, then the favor comes. And when favor starts coming, I go, okay, help. Help me, Jesus. Because, you know, the struggle is good because we're all in this, we're all in the pit kind of together. You know, we're all in the struggle. We all had Potiphar yell at us. We all felt like we're in prison. We all felt like we've been forgotten. Well, well my gifts are down here. They're, they're wasting. You know, it, it's like uh, <clears throat> the arrow that, that's, that's being formed, you know, that finely shaped arrow. It says, you know, I'm, I'm making you and oh, Ralph Van Auken look at you. You're not quite straight. So we're going to do this. We're going to put you in water. We're going to do this. And you're, they're going, man, I am, this is going to be so awesome. God's done with me. And Ralph, I'm going to put this little point on you, and this will go through a heart of a bear. I am a bear killer. That's who God's making me. 
a bear killer. It's so awesome. We'll put these little things here, and uh, oh, it's beautiful. Ralph goes, oh, Lord, thank you that you made me. That was actually a joke. I'm straight. I'm sharp. Lord, I'm your arrow. I'm your man. It's a good thing you made me. The earth will be glad that I'm alive. There will be songs about me. <laughs> Ralph, the straight arrow who killed the bear. And then the Lord says, okay, Ralph, you're done. You go, oh, yes, thank you. And then he goes, thump. And you're back down, and your point's down at the bottom of a quiver. You go, well, what am I doing here? And the other arrows go, oh, hi, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, did you think that you were going to get used immediately? <laughs> it happens sometimes. Yeah, I remember it happened with John, you know, and Bill and Ted. But no, it just we end up down in the bottom of something that's dark, and we go, well, how, why, why are we here? Doesn't he know how good I am for the kingdom? Doesn't, doesn't he know? And he's just like, well, I appreciate Joseph. You're great. You're sharp, but you're not ready yet. You got to bake a little more. And, and I, I am one that believes, and I I'm just got done saying, I, I pulled 13-year-olds and 15-year-olds to be my guitar players. So I, I, don't, I, I don't have the, the line on when God decides to pull us out of a quiver. It can be, here you go. Oh, Lord, what am I doing here? Ah, you know what? I need you right now, actually. It can be right away. And you can be down there, and you, he can be pulling out every other arrow around you. Have you felt that in life? Shoom, where are you going? I'm being used by God. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and you feel someone start pulling at the arrow, and they pull up, and then you hear someone talk to them, and they go, what'd you say? I'm sorry. And the arrow goes back down, and they go, okay, just a second. got to pull the arrow out. And he pulls another one out. So, but I was ready. I thought I was being moved. I was being used. I, I felt movement. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 7, I just want to read that. I just like Ephesians. Good job, Paul. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the treasure of God's gift. When he ascended, see, this is the introduction to Ephesians 4.11. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. It doesn't mean we also first ascended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. He descended first before he ascended. And to think that we would we'd have a different path, I don't know what the path is. Do you remember William Brimley, the actor? He had the big mustache there. Was in the movie The Firm and did all those, what, he did those commercials, oatmeal. Remember, remember William Brimley? You think? I mean, he's like ancient of days now. Yeah, it's it's the right thing to do. That's right. Yeah, remember him? Oh yeah, it's the right thing to do. Wilford Brimley. Thank you. That's even better. That's Wilford Brimley. Wilford. Okay. He. I mean, how how many years has that man been acting? 
let's say he's 75 years old now. So how about eons? No, he started in his 50s. Really? Yeah, he started acting in his 50s. He was not a, he, you look at what he did in his life, but he wanted to act, but it never worked out. And then one day, favor, boom, he's in the movies and he's an A-list movie star. Making millions. It's like, what happened there? I don't understand what God does, but I know it's always good. And I know it's always right. And Joseph steps out of jail two years after being forgotten, basically almost on his 30th birthday. He's 30 years old. Well, I've almost been 30 twice. <laughs> Dick has been 30 twice. My sister's working on... Okay. <laughs> yep. You got to know when to shut up. Know when to move on. <laughs> I was 37 three years ago. It seemed like it. I left North Chilai, Ramblewood Drive, 20 years ago this month. You know how fast 20 years went by? And as fast as it's going to go by, I'm going to be 78 in 20 years. And my sister... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Love you, Carol. Now, 20 years. I, I, I don't have time for trying to manufacture my gift and calling. But I do have ultimate time to, to watch his life grow in me and to find out who I am in him. I would, if, if, if the Lord builds the church and those that build it labor in vain, why after all these years do we keep trying to labor to build? What's the, ch the church? This isn't the church. We've got our mind. Well, the Lord builds the church. The Lord builds the local church. No. He builds me. If I labor to build me, I do it with vanity. When I let him build it, it's because his life has become the focal point of my life. When I, do, I can't go wrong. It doesn't matter if I go to my grave and, and, and my arrows in the back. Because at the end of the day, all the arrows are collected, and you put them all out. They're all clean and washed, and you go, which one killed the bear? I don't know. But they're all given honor and glory. It doesn't matter how I'm used, when I'm used. I think some of our struggle is, is the desire to want to be used in a particular way at a particular time in a particular place. Right. And I, we've got to stop taking the particulars off the nature and the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life and give him the particulars of my goal is to know you and to be known by you. I'm not rooted and grounded in gifts. I'm rooted and grounded in love. This church has a rich heritage. It really, really does. But if it lives off a heritage, it's called a museum. I, I think backward to remember so that I can go forward. I don't look backward to live in it. Everything I'm going through now and everything I've gone through 
is so that I can garner a little bit more of his mind, his heart, his thoughts, his ways, his, his, his activity of my life, the way that he treats people, the way that he speaks to people, the way that, you know, I, I just, I want to go there. And then the building of what it exactly looks like, the structure, I, I have to leave it to him. If I get into planning, gosh. So I prayed. I said, so Lord, what are you doing? And <clears throat> I felt that he said this for this house. And I'm saying this for, for Western Rochester, for the Church of Western Rochester in this house. It's entering into a season of gifts and calling released through the revelation of identity. I'm going to stir up again who I am in you. But this is what you need to do. You need to point out what I stir up in each other. My calling is not what I see in a mirror. My calling is what I live out and others recognize, and then they help confirm what is already in me. But if we never tell each other the greatness of who we are, we miss something huge. I know I did this once before in a, in a Saturday afternoon one time, but I want to do it here on Sunday morning. I want to take, I just want to take a couple minutes. <clears throat> I want you to turn to somebody that you know. It, doesn't, it can be a spouse, but it doesn't have to be. And I want you to tell them why they're great. Don't look for a thousand things. Go for one or two. That's it. Next. And I want you to tell them why they're great. And actually, go to a spouse if they're here. And if they're, but, but go beyond that. I want you to go to... And, and here, here's, what, here's why I want you to do that. As I was just praying uh, about about coming here, the image that I had was a hand reaching in. You know the, the guys that go fishing, and they go fishing with their hands in the, in the mud, and I don't know why they do it, but they do it naked. That's just asking for trouble. But <laughs> anyway, just enough said right there. But they, they reach their hand in, and they grab it, and they pull it out, and they get a catch. And the image I had was people. The image I had when I was praying, I had, I saw hands go into, into hearts and pull things out. And then something came alive. And, and some of us are just, you're just dying for someone to see something in you. And, and you feel guilty for wanting that desire. Jesus said, who do you say I am? It is life to know who you are in God. He wouldn't have asked them that if, if there wasn't purpose in it. And so I want you to take just a couple minutes. I know some of you are going, oh, no, a touchy-feely thing. Oh, it's Chris. You don't understand. I hate people. I know. I know. I do, too. But let's just try it anyway. Okay? <laughs> and I really wasn't kidding because I just... I just, I just know people. So the hardest one is, is the first one that actually does it. So on your mark, get set, bless. <clears throat> Do not let anybody sit by themselves.
If you get done and you see somebody, stand up and go to them. Sometimes walking out of convenience is the greatest thing for somebody else's heart. I love it. People are starting to get it. Starting to see people. You're starting to walk around. Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you this question. Who needed to hear what you just heard? Who needed to hear what you just heard? Awesome. We need that ever more so as the day approaches. Ross Amico, stand up. Ross Amico, I love you. I love you because, and I think you're great, because in 1973, I met you. And you, you actually, you, you, you came, you lived in Schenectady, New York. And you heard that your sister's boss's son was in a car accident. So you went to the hospital to pray for him that maybe he'd live because it didn't look like he was going to. And there was this little girl over in the corner visiting her brother. And you thought you were going for Jimmy, but you went for Laura, who was sitting there. And you prayed and led my wife to the Lord. Hallelujah. And I had already known you because in 73, when I met you, you showed me that if someone can be a believer and not be... Uh, no, it wasn't because I'd met wonderful people. There was a realness about you I hadn't met yet. And I looked and I remember I said, I want to be like him. And I pray that part of my life is like you. The parts that I'm happiest are the parts that mirror who you are. And I love you. Thanks for saving my wife. Well, not technically, but. Set your hand on your heart. Lord, this belongs to you. Yeah. You've, you've put, I look around this room, I am amazed at the amount of gifts in this room. Hallelujah. The amount of callings and, and promises that you've given, things you've spoken. But Lord, I'm more amazed at the gifts of people that you have. And over the years, 
yeah, I know Bonnie Raymond could sing, and I know that she could, she could prophesy, and I know that she did, but she was just Bonnie, wonderful Bonnie. And so, Lord, I don't, I, the other gifts of what we do fall off, but Bonnie stays Bonnie because she's who she is. And I thank you for the gift of people. And I pray that we would have the courage to reach in and to grab a hold of the gold that's in there and help to pull it out. And that we would move forward as individuals in the identity of who we are in you. And we would move forward together as a company of people in this part of the, part of the state, in this part of the city, moving ahead because we see things and we push each other forward. There's no spirit of competition. As a matter of fact, I want to see you succeed more than, than I want to see myself. And that spirit would overtake this place. And Lord, thank you for the sweet family and the sweet families represented here and all the different expressions. As you look down, make us one. Make us more in love with you. And thank you. And Lord, the things you've promised, bring them to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>